bringing you news and updates from the Alliance of American Football, your source for everything Memphis, with your hosts, Dan and Michelle. This is Memphis AAF. We cannot make decisions that cost the team and then come off the sideline and it's nonchalant. No. You know what? This is how I believe, okay? I'm from the old school. I believe this. I would rather play with 10 people and just get penalized all the way until we got to do something else, rather than play with 11 when I know that right now that person is not sold out to be a part of this team. It is more about them than it is about the team. I cannot play with them, cannot win with them, cannot coach with them, can't do it. I want winners. I want people that want to win. Damn. Sorry, I, that probably just peaked, but I'm so excited that we want winners here in Memphis and that Mike Singletary is our coach. So in case you couldn't tell, that is a new head coach for the Alliance Memphis, Mike Singletary, which gives way to what we're going to be talking about later in the show as a main topic. We are focusing on the Alliance Memphis and our front office. Whoop, whoop. Before that, let's... Uh, So normally at this point, we usually kind of cover the news that's been going on with the league in the past week. Not so much going on right now. Some player signings, some coach signings to other teams. So not a whole lot going on with Memphis. So no news today. We're going to skip right into another interview with prospective player. And actually, if you weren't interested in this, this is your fault because last in the last episode, I asked you guys, I said, hey, let us know if you want more interviews on a different day or interviews in our regular full episode and no one responded. So we're just going to keep it going this way. If you guys want bonus episodes with interviews only on Tuesdays or another day this week, please let us know. Otherwise, we're just going to keep going this way. Yeah. So starting off, we've got defensive back Christian Love coming out of Henderson State, which is in Arkadelphia, Arkansas. I love the name of that town. How many? There's like Arkadelphia. There's Arkabutla Lake. The, um, what's the? Oh, Texarkana. Like these. Uh, Texoma. Oh, yeah. These like towns that are between two states. They just mishmash it all together. See, the difference with this one is it's not between. Named after any kind of state? It's no, just it's like, just... Hey, we like Philadelphia, but we're in Arkansas. Have I got a name for you guys? <laughs> Without further ado, this is my interview with Christian Love. So I've got Christian Love here on the show. He is a defensive back from Houston, and he played at Henderson State in Arkadelphia, Arkansas. So that's kind of a weird thing to say. So he spent a year with the Dallas Marshals. What, did, what, what league is that in? That's in the CIF, Champions Indoor Football League. Okay, awesome. So, Christian, tell us a little bit about you and kind of what you do outside football. Okay, so a little bit about me. I grew up in Houston, Texas. Uh, Like you said, I played uh, with the Dallas Marshals this past season. Uh, Outside of football, right now I'm just working um, at the YMCA. Uh, Pretty good place for me to work. I like being around uh, children and sports and just uh, the whole idea of fitness and just connecting with people. So that's pretty much what I'm doing right now. I love to hang with, you know, my family, friends. I don't do too much like partying and all that stuff. I just try to stay focused on uh, my goals and what I'm trying to accomplish. So that's pretty much me in a nutshell. Okay. So you're listed as a defensive back. Like, what do you feel is your kind of, where do you lean to? What position do you kind of lean to? Okay. So for me, I feel like I have the most fun, you know, playing a free safety, but it honestly, it doesn't really make a difference to me. If I'm at corner or uh, free safety, strong safety, 
nickel. I feel like I can play all four positions. You know, like I said, I probably have the most fun playing free safety. And then corner is not as hard of, of a position to play as well. But, you know, I just I just enjoy being out there, man. I, I can play any of them. Yeah, when I was watching your highlights, you seem to be in the safety position more often, which kind of seems like more of a natural fit for you, just based on what I saw, because you seem to have just a lot of intelligence and a lot of like um, instinct as to where the ball is going to be and able to like get to the running back or, you know, get to wherever the ball is. With It seems like like no one's even trying to stop you. Like you're so good trying to get around guys. Yes. Like immediately, like you're there. (laughs) Yeah, you're right. I mean, it just it it comes more natural for me. Uh, That's what I've been. Mm -hmm used to playing for most of my uh, playing career. Even in high school, I played the free safety. So, you know, it just comes a lot more natural. But, you know, if need be, I'd be prepared to play any of the positions. So while you're at Henderson, every year you're named at least one time GAC Player of the Week, twice a couple times it looked like. And then in 2013, you made the all-conference team for the GAC. You racked up 72 tackles with four and a half tackles for loss and two interceptions. So I mean that to me that seems pretty awesome. Yeah, it was. It's, I felt like I had a pretty good season that year. We had some coaching changes uh, that didn't, you know, necessarily go my way. But I uh, definitely enjoyed my time at Henderson. I definitely enjoyed the coaching staff. Um, we won a couple championships there. Every year I was there, we won a championship pretty much. So uh, definitely a good experience and just taught me how to be a winner. You know, putting in the work uh, with my teammates every day. Uh, just getting used to the grind of having that target on your back every year from being number one the season before, you know, so uh, definitely gr- a great experience for me. So as I mentioned before, like, it seems like you have a great skill, like getting to wherever the ball is. What would you say is like your best skill, like the one thing that you kind of bring to a team? Uh, I think the best thing that I would bring to a team is I would say that I am a very solid tackler. Yeah. And, yeah, I definitely saw that in your highlights. And when I say that, I mean, I'm not going to make the highlight tackle every time, you know, like the big hit that, you know, gets people, you know, jumping in the stands or whatever. But I'm a solid tackler. When it comes to one-on-one open space tackling, I can do that, you know. So I think that's probably one of my best assets that I could bring to a team as far as, like, uh, the work that I'll put in and then also uh, the film study. Like, it kind of makes me think – not that you like to compare you to him, but um, I'm a big 49ers fan, so that's kind of where a lot of my knowledge is. But I just think back to like Navarro Bowman. I don't yeah. know if you ever watched him, but as a linebacker, he's not going to make like these massive plays, right? But he's never going to lose you a game. Like he's never going to miss that tackle, right? Right. And if somebody's running toward him, like he's just a brick wall. Like nothing's getting past him, right? That's right. And to me, like, that seems like a more valuable skill than like these flashy guys that can, you know, make these huge plays. Cause typically, like, kind of saw, um, you know, last year with Vikings against the Saints, right? Marcus Williams, you know, he tried to go for that big flashy play and completely whiffed it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that, that happens sometimes. You know, you're trying to take a chance. But, you know, for me personally, mm-hmm. I'd rather try to be just a, a, a solid player, you know, mm-hmm. just be solid throughout the whole game. You know, take your chances when you have them, but I I just want to keep it, you know, just being a solid football player. And not, and not that you don't make those big plays, because I saw several massive interceptions that kind of came out of nowhere. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you know, you got to take your chances when you, when you have them. You know, you can't sit back and just watch the whole game. You know, you have to be aggressive at times. So you just have to know when to be aggressive and when to uh, 
when to tone it down, I guess you could say. Yeah. yeah. There is one play that really stuck out to me because I was watching your highlights and kind of like distracted doing something else. And then I saw this. I'm like, wait, what happened there? And so <laughs> you guys are playing at home. I can't remember, I don't know what team you were playing, but it looked like the it was either broken coverage or like a miscommunication between you and the cornerback. And like the dude was running down um, wide open. Oh, yeah. And then... He gets the ball, and out of nowhere, like, you're right there, and you pop the ball out. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I'm, I'm assuming it was a fumble that was, you guys recovered. But it was just like, it looked like a broken play, and yet you still got there in time to make it happen. Oh, yeah, that's just uh, that's just playing football, just being aware of what's going on. Uh, like, like you said, it, that play actually was a, a broken play between me and the corner. But uh, just effort, getting to the ball, and just trying to get it out of his hands. That's just all effort, man. Nothing else. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, that's awesome. <laughs> it hustle, yeah. That's right. So I'm going to give you a chance. If the coaches are listening, I don't know who's listening to this, but why should the Alliance Memphis sign you? Man, the Alliance Memphis should sign me because I'm a guy that's going to come in. I'm going to put in the work. I'm going to stay focused. I'm not a guy that's going to be out, you know, on Beale Street in Memphis, right? You guys have Beale Street. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm not going to be a guy out there causing trouble, you know, getting in all sorts of things. I have one goal and one goal only, and that is to get better on and off the field, uh, help my teammates get better, and then possibly bring a championship for Memphis. So that's my only goal. I'm um, not worried about doing anything else, just playing football and helping my family. That's it. That's all we can ask for, man. That sounds awesome. All right, so we had the LA Combine a couple weeks ago, and then we got the Houston Combine coming up in a couple of days, and then we got the Atlanta Combines coming up towards the end of the month. Um, are you going to any of those, or have you gone to LA, or kind of are you going to make that, any of those? Oh, uh, yes. I'll be making the Houston combine this week, this Saturday, just trying to showcase my skills in front of the scouts. Okay. So before I let you go, I want to ask you one thing. There are a lot of team names floating around. And as I'm sure you're aware, the league is looking to the fans for like inspiration on what the team name should be. We're going to hit you with a few names. You tell me what you think is the best team name or if you have another idea to throw that out there. All right. Okay. So we got the Hound Dogs, the Blues, the Pharaohs, and the Kings. I actually kind of like the Blues. Okay. Because you think of a, a town like Memphis, you think of the blues, you know, like those old guys that used to sing the blues. You think of that, that sort of, mm-hmm. that sort of thing. So I actually kind of like that name, honestly, the blues. All right. <laughs> yeah. That's a popular one. Yeah. yeah. And we got like on Beale street, you know, we've got the, um, BB King restaurant. Yeah. BB King. Yeah. All right. Before you go, for everybody who's listening, let everybody know where they can find you online. Okay. You can find me online at imc.love on instagram that is imc.love all right and i'll be sure to put that in the show notes so if you guys want to follow him check him out he's got a lot of cool stuff let's go in the show notes i'll have links to everything and including his highlight reel for you to watch all right christian thank you so much for coming on the show man i really appreciate it all right thank you i appreciate it so that was christian all right he he's a pretty stoic guy he's kind of to me it seems like the kind of guy that's not gonna be bothered by something like he's gonna go out there do his job and just like Get shit done. Yeah. I mean, like he said, he just seems like a solid football player. Yeah. And it was really cool to watch that play that you guys are talking about <laughs> where he like flipped the ball out of the dude's hand. Yeah. So if you want to check it out, um, a link to his highlight video will be in the show notes. Memphis AAF.com slash four. Quattro. Without further ado, let's get into a couple of the guys up top. We'll come back for another interview and then we'll finish off with the head honcho. I don't <laughs> know if the head honcho, but. Let's do it. Team president. Team president. Uh, Mr. Akosha Irby. 
At least um, I'm assuming that's his name. <laughs> well, that's definitely his name. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. I hope that's the way it's pronounced. What up, Mr. Irby? <laughs> so he was a defensive back and actually played at the University of Memphis. So he's a local. Yeah, that's one thing I really love is like he is familiar with Memphis. That's really cool. Yeah. So like the team president, like he's not so much for at least I'm assuming uh, he's not like as much for like the football operations, coaching and right. that kind of thing. It's more like marketing and running kind of the organization. Yeah. Um, that's usually what a president does. Right. <laughs> and so the fact that he does know the city means like I feel like he's going to do a better job at marketing to the city. Yeah, it seems like he's got a bit of an advantage. He graduated from the University of Memphis with a bachelor's degree. Okay. And then got his master's. He's got an MBA in marketing. Ah, so that seems like a really good fit. And after he left Memphis, he got like a sales job with Dell. But then he moved and then he moved to be the director of sales and marketing with St. Louis University. Slew. Right. From there, he spent about six years through various positions, like assistant athletic director for colleges throughout the NCAA. Gotcha. And then in 2011, he got a job with the WWE. Oh, now I'm starting to see how things tie in. (laughs) Yeah, he did that for almost seven years. Oh, wow. Yeah, he was a regional director of live events, which is why I think he's got the experience needed to help promote the team within Memphis. So not only that, but like you said, he has a background in marketing and being an associate athletic director at various colleges and universities. So it seems like this position as president really is a good fit for all of his background and kind of is a good match for everything. Exactly. I'm excited to see what he does with the team and with Memphis. Yeah. Now moving right along to our GM, a Mr. Will Lewis. <laughs> Mr. Lewis. Uh, so he was a former NFL cornerback. Okay. He's had 20 years of scouting and front office experience with uh, Green Bay Packers, Seattle Seahawks, and the Kansas City Chiefs. Oh, you know, just a couple small little teams. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if you've heard of them or not. Um, I mean, it's vaguely familiar. <laughs> yeah. So 20 years of experience. That's crazy. Yeah, doing scouting, which is brilliant. Yeah. Which I wonder if, I don't know what the how the other teams are made up right now, but I'm wondering if maybe with that experience is why Memphis was so far ahead in player signings than all the other teams. Right, because as of last week's episode, you said that we had signed 33 people? Yeah, and we've signed like three or four that I'm aware of and since then. Oh, wow. So you said he was a cornerback? Yep. Where did he play? So he was drafted, or no, he was signed as an undrafted free agent by the Seahawks back in 1980 out of Mill- Miller Millersville State College. Oh, wow. Don't even know what that even is. Yeah, that I've honestly never heard of. <laughs> it's now Millersville University of Pennsylvania. Still never heard of it. No. So he had... Uh, career. He played with the Seahawks for a couple years, went to the Chiefs for a year, and then he tried his luck with the now defunct USFL, or the United States Football League. That was another one? Yeah, that, that was uh, where Steve Young got his start, I think. Oh, wow. I'd never even heard of that one. <laughs> that was like one of the bigger ones, I think, that like, had like the most success. Yeah. But obviously didn't make it. Obviously. And then he played in the Canadian Football League for a few years before going into coaching and the front executive office, lifestyle. Sc- scouting, yeah. Yeah. Now, before we move on to the head coach, I want to play the final interview of this episode with a Mr. Anthony Amos. Alrighty. He's a wide receiver out of MTSU. Is he a famous Amos? <laughs> 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 I don't even know how to react to that. <laughs> he is now. <laughs> you guys should have seen Danny like totally froze. He had no idea how to react to that. Like, I'm usually pretty quick-witted, but that one stumped me. <laughs> Anyway, 
So he played for MTSU, uh, Middle, Middle Tennessee, Tennessee State, State University. University, and then played with the Arizona Rattlers this past season in uh, arena football. Okay. So here we go. Here we go. All right, everyone. I am excited to have Anthony Amos on the show today. He's a wide receiver out of MTSU or Middle Tennessee State University, if you're not aware. He also played for the Arizona Rattlers arena football team. Uh, Anthony, welcome to the show, man. How you doing? Glad to be here. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. So tell us kind of what you've been up to after college and kind of what you've been up to for the past couple of years. Yeah. So I came out of college of Middle Tennessee State 2013. Um, I was an undrafted free agent with the Cowboys. I stayed there uh, due to a whole uh, camp um, all the way into the last preseason game um, and got cut. And then um, I sat out uh 2014, uh, you know, just working out and um, working. And then um, I got a, a opportunity to go to a tryout uh, for the AFL League, um, which was in um, Atlanta, Georgia. That's where they was hosting it. And it was a team um, out of Washington, Spokane, um, the, Was- the Spokane Shock. Um, I had got a tryout there. And um, after the tryout, the coach uh, wanted to sign me. So uh, I came in there in 2015, was a rookie, and uh, had some pretty good numbers. I think I had about 72 receptions. I think I had 1,200 all-purpose yards. I played a kick return and about uh, 19 touchdowns. And then um, after that year, uh, that team folded. And uh, since I was a rookie, I had to, I had the AFL had my rights as a rookie to be drafted to another team. So that's when the Arizona Rattlers called me and uh, wanted me to come to their team. So I've been here in Arizona for about three years, Um, started here in 2015, was behind a couple of veterans and still kind of played, kind of got my name out here. From there, they moved down to another uh, league, which was IFL Indoor Arena for the, the last two years and put up uh, some pretty good numbers. I think the first year I might have had about 40 or 50 catches, I think about 600 yards and 19 touchdowns. And then um, this past year, kind of the same numbers, I'll say about 30 or 40 for about 600. And then um, I think I had 18 touchdowns this year. That's exciting. Yeah, I was watching some of your, your highlight reel. And I mean, I think, you know, arena and indoor football is just fun to watch in general. But just like watching you just kind of make these defensive backs look silly is a lot of fun to watch. Because there was one that like you just completely got behind the guy and got wide open deep down the field. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's pretty fun, um, especially interacting with the fans. Uh, you know, they're like right there by the field. So, you know, you get hit over the wall and or you get to talking to them on the sidelines, is, uh, which is pretty fun. Yeah, and that's really cool because with the AAF, you know, one of the things that they really want is fan interaction with the players. Yeah. And like even, you know, some of the bonuses the players get is based off of social media interaction and just kind of overall popularity. Yeah. So if you do get into the league, that's going to be a lot of fun just kind of hanging out with the fans on social media and whatnot. Yeah, yeah. And um, I'm a fan uh, kind of player, like to interact with the fans and see how they see it looking in looking in yeah and just looking at your um stats from college so you played two years at middle tennessee state so you you know your junior year wasn't too spectacular but your senior year you had 
992 yards and 12 touchdowns. How much does it burn you that you didn't get those extra eight yards? Oh, to make it to a thousand. When I when I when I heard about it, it was already too late, and I was like, <laughs> kind of bitter about it. Me, I'm not really too big on like my yards and touchdowns and stuff. I just like to go out there and play the game, you know, just just giving my all uh, for my team. You know, I just wanted to get the wins and stuff. Um, but yeah, absolutely. I was kind of bitter about that. Uh, yeah, but um, going back to uh, the the two years that I was there, coming out of high school, I uh, went to a junior college out in San Francisco, uh, San Francisco City College. I played two years there, and then I was had Missouri and Wyoming looking at me from there. But the Missouri coaches switched staffs; they kind of fell back off, and then uh, some of the staff went to Wyoming. And um, they was looking at me uh, pretty tough. And then, like, by the time I could, you know, send them all my information and stuff, they already had signed a wide receiver who they was looking at as well. So I walked on at Middle Tennessee State in uh, 2010 and redshirted that first year uh, just to, you know, get my game right. And then um, that next year I came back, I was kind of under some more veterans. So it was kind of tough for me to, you know, get in there and try to get my stats and touchdowns and things like that up. Yeah. So, um, I just, you know, played it to the best of my ability, whatever I could control. I just went ahead and did that. And then 2012, you know, I became a captain of the team, you know, and um, a go-to guy on the team. So that's when the stats kind of boosted up. Yeah, and just one thing I noticed both years, you know, your junior year, you weren't really looked at as much, but yet you still managed to get 14 yards, your average 14 yards per reception. And, you know, same thing in your senior year. So whenever you got your shot, you still performed. Yeah, yeah. And I think that that was, that's my uh, biggest thing. Um, I was always the the underdog coming into new leagues and, and new teams and, being that guy at the, at the bottom of the pole and, and just working my way up. And when I got my opportunity, I just made the best of it. And coaches, every coach I played for, you know, they put their, their trust in me and, and that's how it went. Yeah. And that's what going back to your time, you know, whenever Missouri and Wyoming were looking at you, just how fickle this league is or this sport is that, you know, it's not because sometimes it's the coaching staff that isn't stable or is that it's messing things up and just how easy it is to like, just make it or just miss it. Yeah. Cause you got, you know, in the NFL, you got some of these guys who maybe are just in for, you know, if you look at, you know, some of the quarterbacks, you know, you got Brian Hoyer and a bunch of these guys who probably are definitely can be outplayed by, you know, some of these undrafted guys, but just don't get their shot. And that, and that's and that's all I, me speaking for you know the the underdog you know players coming out of small colleges you know um, coaches might not think that they're able to play on that next level just because of what college they came from but I just ask you know if if they can just give them you know an opportunity you know to showcase what they can do on the next level that's that's bigger than than anything you know just a, a opportunity a chance to be able to showcase their talent on that next level and it's just all about getting noticed and then whenever you do get your shot taking full advantage of it yep. so we just had the LA combine the Houston's coming up and then we got Atlanta at the end of the month are you going to be able to make it to any of those um I just did the one out in LA Oh, perfect. Yeah. 
How was that experience? It was, it was real fun. You know, it, it felt like a real combine. It felt like an NFL combine. Like, you know, they had everything out there set up professionally. They introduced us to the, the GMs and the coaches and um, got us started. So it was it was very fun, very exciting. Okay, so maybe you can clear something up. There's a lot of rumors going around that they didn't have the professional like um, equipment there. You know, we see a lot of times coming out from that combine that the guys are running like a four-two-two on the forty-yard dash, but they are using just um, stopwatches. Is that true, or do they have like the laser time tracking thing? Oh uh, yeah, they had um, the stopwatches. Uh, all the coaches or um, whoever the scouts were out there, um, but I-, I would say the times kind of vary. You know, due to it wasn't the actual um, clock, yeah. actual laser time, but it was pretty amount of coaches and scouts that was right there at the end of the 40 there are dash where they can combine times together, you know, and and that and that's just like if a player didn't get wasn't able to go to the combine, you know, and they and they did a pro day at their school, it's 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 very it's kind of the same thing. Okay. Well that's good to know that they're not relying on just one person. They're actually still fairly accurate. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So you went to Middle Tennessee State and that means you're allocated to Memphis. Are you looking forward to the opportunity of playing under Mike Singletary? Oh yes, yes. Um, you know, I, I've been watching him for for some time now, and uh, I feel like he can bring a, a lot to that team. As far as his coaching, his coaching, and um, it'll be an honor, you know, to play under him. Yeah, one thing, if you remember his famous rant whenever he was head coach of the Niners about Vernon Davis is you can't be apathetic. You have to give it your all every step of the way or he will let you know about it. Yeah, yeah. And that's the kind of coach, that's the type of coach that you need, you know, somebody that's that's behind you, right right on your neck, uh, let you know what you're doing wrong and, and what you're doing right. So I'm going to give you an opportunity just to let, you know, the listeners know, why should Alliance Memphis sign you to the team? Um, they, I think they should sign me to the team. Um, I can bring a lot of enthusiasm, a lot of leadership, able to react interact with the fans, a team player. I, I feel like me kind of being an older guy and, they, and they're picking up young, you know, college players and stuff, I can, you know, be a, a leader asset to the team. Like you said, you know, it's a lot of young guys. So it'd be an asset, like you said, an asset to have somebody who's a little older, a little more stable, who's been around for a little bit longer. All right. So there's been a few team names floating around in the Facebook group. So I'm going to hit you with a few. You let me know what your favorite is or if you think the team should go with another, another another direction. So there's the Hound Dogs, the Blues, the Kings, and the Pharaohs. Out of those, like, which do you think the team should go with? Mm, the Kings sound more dominant than any other team. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and that plays on, you know, Martin Luther King and uh, Elvis being the king of rock and roll, as they say. Well, awesome, man. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Before I let you go, let the fans know, let the listeners know, like, where they can find you online. I have Facebook, um, which I'm rarely on. I'm on. I can. I get on there once every once in a while. Uh, Playmaker Amos. You can find me on Instagram. TTG underscore five, and um, that's about it. And I'll be sure to put links to all that in the show notes, as well as his highlight video if you want to check him out. Awesome, man! Thanks so much for for coming on the show. That's awesome. No, I appreciate you having me. It really means a lot. Oh my god! So we just watched his highlight reel, and it is amazing. Like he's he is really fun to watch. Yeah, 
Now, like, I know highlights are like the best of what he did, but it's still like the those fact are, that he can do that. Yeah, those are. There was one catch in particular that really was uh, reminiscent. One catch? Well, in particular, that was really reminiscent <laughs> of the big catch from ODB, Odell Beckham Jr., a few years OBJ. back. What did I say? ODB. No, 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 not ODB. <laughs> I don't know if ODB can even get off the ground. Um, OVJ can make some pretty amazing catches, and so did Anthony Amos. Yeah, it was a one-handed like vertical jump in the end zone for the touchdown. And it really seems like he makes a play where it seems like it's dead. Yeah, because like there was a pass to, I don't know if we should ruin all the highlights, but it was a pass to somebody else. The ball got knocked out of his hands, and he was there to catch it yeah. and make the play. Yeah, it wasn't even for him or to him or whatever, and he ended up catching, and they held on to possession, and yeah, it was really cool. Yeah. Definitely so, check out his highlights. I'm hoping he gets signed because I'd love to watch him out on the field. Yeah, for sure. So. So. Now. On to Mike Singletary. So he was a legendary linebacker, obviously a Hall of Famer. Obviously. For the Bears. he was, His nickname was the heart of the defense. Okay, so he was in the Bears in the mid-80s. And I don't know if you ever heard like just the phrase like the 85 Bears. Oh, yeah. You won't let me ever forget <laughs> that phrase. They're like arguably like the best defense in the history of football. Wow. And he was... Like the heart of the defense during that time. Oh, that's exciting. And as you heard in that clip at the beginning of the show, and if you watch his highlights, one thing about him is passion. Yeah. And playing as a team. Yeah. Yeah. Which uh, totally makes sense for him being called the heart of the defense. Mm-hmm. He was all about teamwork and working together and getting it done. Yeah. Okay. So one of his other nicknames was Samurai Mike. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> because of his intimidating focus and uh, intensity. As he uh, when he played. Oh, wow. He was also named the Minister of Defense. Minister of Defense? Because he was an ordained minister. No way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which you can really tell by like the punishment he gave people on the field. Yeah. He was bringing it. Yeah. So legendary player. And then he retired in 92, came back uh, to football in 2003 to play for, or not play, huh. <laughs> 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 to coach for the Ravens. He was linebacker's coach. That makes sense. Fittingly enough. Yeah. He was there for a couple of years, and then he became the assistant head coach and linebackers coach for the San Francisco 49ers. Dun, da, 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 our favorite team. So he became the interim head coach in 2008 when the head coach at the time got fired. So maybe you don't know the answer to this, but what was that season like under him as a head coach? Under him, they went five and four. So they started out two and five. Mm-hmm. Coach gets fired. He takes over. They go five and four. So overall, their, their record was seven and nine. Okay. So as a season was a losing season, he showed a little bit of brightness. Yeah, for sure. And especially when you have to take a two and five team to win five of your next nine games. I mean, that's something. Yeah, that's pretty impressive. I mean, just looking at this again, this is not a Niners podcast, but looking at this past season of the 49ers team, like they had a shitty record, but then Jimmy GQ came in and they won what the last five games. So even, you know, it might've been losing overall, but having such a nice winning spurt like that is really cool. And obviously shows promise because now people won't stop talking about Jimmy Garoppolo. <laughs> yes, there is a lot of hype around him. So in 2009, he was offered a four-year deal for $10 million as a head coach. Where? For the 49ers. Oh. They kept him around. For four years? Yeah. I didn't know that. Well, they offered him a contract for four years. We're, we're getting to that. I guess I didn't really start paying attention. <laughs> Here we go talking about the Niners. It's not our <laughs> fault because he worked for the Niners. But I guess I didn't really start following them until Harbaugh was their coach. So. Yeah. Anyway, back to Singletary. They started out strong with a th- they started out three and one. 
Okay. Which is good, obviously. Obviously. And this is like the beginning of like the pre-Harbaugh area whenever like the team was really ramping up. Yeah, really strong. And a lot of people say like it's because of him they got to where they were under Harbaugh. Because his team had five Pro Bowl players. Whoa. Patrick Willis. Of course. Yes. <gasps> oh, Patrick One of the Willis. Linebackers. <laughs> I'm going to start crying. Andy Lee, the punter. Okay. Vernon Davis. Yeah. Which we heard him kind of reaming in that interview. A little bit. Yeah. But Vernon Davis credits like the way he like Mike treated him. Yeah. To like finally like lighting a fire under his ass and really because he was like one of the top tight ends. He really was. In his prime. And like he credits like that game to, as a starting point to him actually. Wow. Kind of maturing. That's really cool. And Frank Gore. Uh, I know that. <laughs> and Justin Smith. Uh, he was a nose tackle, defensive tackle. He was a defensive lineman. One of the best. Okay. Then they had a little bit of a rough streak. They went two and five from week 17 to 13. They ended up eight and eight on the season. Okay. So it was the first non-losing season since 2002 for the team. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Wow. So I bet this, the winning streak was like shocking to Niners fans. Yeah. <laughs> To start out three and one. Yeah. And then it kind of um, kind of goes downhill from there. 2010, they started out 0 and 5. Wow. And then it really didn't get much better for the rest of the year. And Singletary was fired towards the end of the season. And our boy uh, Jim Tomsula, a.k.a. Ron Jeremy, took over for the final game as the interim head coach. Gross. Oh, I hate Tomsula. And then 2011, he... Um, Started coaching for the Vikings. Really? Was he a head coach? No, he was a special assistant to the... <laughs> oh, no. I'm so sorry. That just reminds me of the office. So he was a special assistant to the head coach. Right. Was... Not assistant head coach. And obviously the linebackers coach. Obviously. And then in 2016, he uh, coached for the Rams as a defensive assistant and, and then named head coach of Alliance Memphis. All right. So I love his passion. I love what he did as a player. I'm hesitant about his coaching ability. Yeah. I mean, definitely seems like he's got a handle on being the linebacker coach and handling defense, but I'll be excited to see what happens overall. Yeah. So that's uh, Mike Singletary. All right. Like so. I said, I'm excited to see what's going to happen. It will in many ways, but especially with Singletary as the coach. Yeah. And our defense. I have high hopes. So that's our show for today. Um, coming up, there is the combine in two days this Saturday in Houston, Texas. So hopefully we can get some more information after that. Get some more news coming your way. Hopefully. Hopefully. Well, we know that the Alliance is really good about communicating and providing information. So. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure those will be flooding with uh, communication. I'm sure. In a few days. But if anything does come out, um, I will post about it on social media. So follow us there. All the places. Yeah, check out everything. It's at memphisaaf.com. And if you want to help out with the blog, I want to do like a profile for the entire roster. So if you are interested in doing that, doing some research on players, hit me up on the website. Yeah, let us know. Or on social media. Do it, do it. Until next week. We out. We out.